Hey, Sean McElroy here, standing in front of my street, and I've got a special story coming up later in the show about that. But here's a little teaser question for that story. What do only 12.5% of the people that park on my street do? We'll get to that later, but coming up now is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. Last week after the S&P 500 announced it's adding Tesla to its index, its stock started soaring. Yesterday it closed at $521 a share. That means its market capitalization is now just shy of half a trillion dollars, $497 billion to be exact. Well, let's put that in perspective. If we add up the market cap of all the publicly traded auto-related companies in North America, that includes GM, Ford, and FCA, and all the suppliers like Magna, Borg Warner, Lear, Dana, Gentex, Goodyear, American Axle, Aptive, and Visteon, and let's throw in retailers like Penske Automotive, AutoNation, and CarMax, if you add them all up, Tesla is worth more than all of them. You heard that right. Tesla is now worth more than the rest of the entire North American auto industry put together. And thanks to that surge in value, Elon Musk is now the second richest man in the world. According to Bloomberg Billionaires Index, Musk is now worth about $128 billion, passing Bill Gates at $127.7 billion. Musk started the year at number 35 on the index, but has surged to number two by adding over $100 billion to his net worth, the most by anyone. Plug-in hybrids are supposed to be good for the environment, right? That's why governments around the world subsidize sales, giving consumers thousands of dollars, euros, or yuan to buy them. But a European environmental group says, hold your horses. We need to ban PHEVs. The Transport and Environment Group says PHEVs emit too many emissions when the internal combustion engine is running. T&E says PHEVs are, quote, Fake electric cars built for lab tests and tax breaks, not real driving. Well, here's our Autoline Insight. Did you know that 80% of the emissions of every trip comes in the first two or three minutes of driving? That's how long it takes for the catalytic converter to heat up. Once the cat is hot, it cuts emissions by 99%. In most driving situations, the engine in a PHEV comes on when the cat is cold and it can toggle back and forth between EV and ICE several times in a trip. The U.S. EPA and California Air Resources Board are aware of this, and don't be surprised if they call for a ban on PHEVs too. We want to know what drives your testing. OTA, connected car, diagnostics, remote testing, Intrepid Control Systems is here to help you work from anywhere. Intrepid Control Systems, driven by your data. I don't understand which hole has the car key in it. Come on, I don't want to be late to this. You're killing me, man. The all-new Elantra with Hyundai Digital Key. 
Even though Toyota dominates the midsize pickup segment in the U.S., it's in a distant fourth place when it comes to full-size pickups, way behind the Ford F-150, Chevrolet Silverado, and Ram 1500. So can the Tundra make up any ground, or has it just found its natural level of market acceptance? Well, on AutoLine this week, Jack Hollis, the Senior Vice President of Automotive Operations at Toyota, explains why there's room to grow for the Tundra. We can grow, uh, but I got to tell you, it's kind of like us with our Camry or our RAV4. Number one slung sedan, number one slung SUV. Hey, that F-Series, what's what's it been? Like 712 years since they've not been number one in, in, in trucks? I mean, it's something around there. And you know what they found that niche and that cruising altitude and production levels to sustain that. And we, while we haven't, and that's never been our intention, our intention has been to grow. And I think that's what you'll see out of our next generation Tundra. Um, and we will grow it. Will we grow it to F-150? No, I'm not even going to try to take that one on. And I'm, I'm glad you're not going to ask me to, to try to do so. But I do believe there's a significant amount of buyers who are both in Tacomas now who would like to see a Tundra or Tundra owners who would like to see it. And I do think... It's going to be really interesting because I've been able to touch, feel, see, drive the new one. No, I'm not ready to make any announcements yet, but I will say it's, it, um, it blows me away with what we've been able to do and will, uh, I think, completely change the um, perception of a lot of those buyers who are kind of on the fence trying to figure out what they want to do in the truck space. I think you're going to see a significant number of those, we'll call them independents, uh, checking out Tundra. Well, this could be a danger signal to the auto industry. Ward's intelligence forecasts that light-duty sales in the U.S. market will drop this month. At the current pace, sales will barely inch past the 1.2 million mark, a drop of over 14% compared to a year ago. So what's going on? Well, prices are going up and production is going down. Production in October fell almost 53,000 units below what was expected. Supply issues related to the pandemic seem to be the main cause. And it's another one of the reasons why November sales are supposed to be off too. There is some light at the end of the tunnel though. There are three fewer selling days this November compared to last. So the drop is not as big as it seems. And maybe that will be made up in December, which has three more selling days than last year. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires, solutions for your journey, Intrepid Control Systems, over-the-air engineering, boost your game, and by Hyundai. Okay, hopefully you haven't spent the whole show wondering what only 12.5% of the people that park on my street do, but pat yourself on the back if you said this. Fold the mirrors in. It seems simple, but I looked at 144 cars, trucks, SUVs, everything that park on my street and the neighborhood all around, and only 18 of those 144 fold their mirrors in. Now, I'm sure some of you remember, there's been plenty of vehicles over the years where the mirrors didn't even fold in, but it seems like it's an option on almost every vehicle these days. Could it be? Maybe it is an option on every vehicle these days. But all those vehicles, I will say the huge majority were trucks and SUVs, big trucks. And that's no wonder. They stick out into the road further and you don't want to get a mirror clipped off or bent all the way forward. 
Ugh, that's the worst. In some years, they've got so much functionality now with turn signals and sensors in them. They're not cheap to replace. But I'm wondering what you do. Do you fold your mirrors in when you park on the street? Maybe you even do it in a parking lot. I know when there's some tight spaces, I'll do it myself. But let us know what you do in the comments below. Oh, and one thing I forgot to mention is all the vehicles that have automatic mirrors. You just lock the vehicles and the mirrors fold themselves in. Of the vehicles I saw on my street with the mirrors folded in, only a few of them would have even had this capability. Well, it sure looks like GM believes Joe Biden won the election. Yesterday, GM announced it's no longer backing the Trump administration in its battle with California over the state's right to set its own emission and fuel economy standards. GM is also calling on other automakers to drop their support as well. GM says it's changing course because California's and President-elect Biden's electric vehicle goals are the same as its own. We got to test drive the Mustang Mach-E yesterday, but sorry, we can't give you any of our driving impressions. Not yet, at least. We're sworn to secrecy until December 15th. But here's a few things we learned. The Mach-E is not built on a skateboard chassis. It has a unibody design, but it's modular, so it can be easily configured for different models. So what do you think will be the next model off this platform? We're guessing it's got a strong chance to be something for Lincoln. Nissan revealed the new Note, which first launches in Japan. Big changes in styling, but we also see a lot of influence from the Aria crossover. The interior is pretty simple, with a multi-layered dash and two large digital screens that kind of meld together. The new Note will feature Nissan's e-power setup, which uses a gasoline engine to charge a battery pack, and an electric motor to drive the wheels. A dual-motor, all-wheel-drive variant will also be available. Sales for the new Note are expected to kick off in December. And one lucky winner will get their hands on the very first serial number 001 Civic Type R limited edition for the United States. All one has to do is make a donation to the Thurgood Marshall College Fund on the online fundraising platform Omaze and you're automatically entered. The winner, who will be chosen at random, will also get lessons on the track from IndyCar driver Colton Herta. And a programming note here. With the Thanksgiving holiday coming up this Thursday, AutoLine Daily will take a break on Thursday and Friday, and the same goes for AutoLine After Hours on Thursday. But we will pick up our normal programming next week. But that's a wrap for today's show. Thanks for watching.